Welcome back to Give Them Their Flowers, a podcast about praise and purpose. I vow to give people their flowers while they are still here. Um, the feedback so far on the last episode has been awesome. Y'all are really showing up um, and pulling up on your girl. Um, it was fun having Tatiana on here because her and I are um, years apart in age, so it was really nice getting her perspective on things. And what's fun about this episode is that I have somebody else who is like a sibling to me, who I call my brother, and we are years apart in age. So a lot of the stuff that Tatiana was like, oh, I learned from you, Kaylin. I'm like, oh no, I've learned a lot from this person that's on the episode today because literally they know all my business and, you know, they really be putting the battery in my back. So I greatly appreciate them. So the person that I have on the episode today, his name is Silly Genius. I'm not going to tell y'all his real name because y'all don't need to know that. Y'all not close enough for that information. Um, I consider him to be like my big brother. People really think that we're related and I never, you know, tell them that we're not. I just be like, okay. Um, I think it's because we both light skin. You know, they say all black people look alike anyway. Um, but um, my flowers, I'm giving them to Silly because Silly literally is like the definition of someone who does whatever he wants to do like I have never met anybody in my entire life like silly who like literally like does not care I'm not gonna say he doesn't care about the opinions of others because he does value like the feedback from the first people that he cares about but he doesn't allow like societal norms or what would be considered like the right thing to be doing at such and such age or by this time in your life, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Like he doesn't really care about that. And he's also very good at like community building. And he does it in a way where he doesn't have to be the loudest in the room. He just knows how to curate ideas and how to connect the dots. And a lot of people struggle with that because they're too busy trying to be seen. And for a long time, he didn't even want nobody be looking, knowing what he looked like. Okay. People just thought he was an orange blob on the internet for a very long time. And then they found out he was a bad bitch and they was like, Oh my God. Um, so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Those are the flowers that I'm giving him. So go ahead, Silly. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Silly. Um, visual artist, uh, idea guy, just a maker of things. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Like I just do a bunch of, wear a bunch of different hats and make stuff. You got to tell them about the All City Art Club. Like, come on, stop being modest. Okay. We don't, we don't do, humility does not exist on this <laughs> podcast because we like to big ourselves up, okay? Um, so, yeah, in like 2017, um, just kind of taking notice of uh, how public art and street art was kind of being co-opted by the gentrifiers. Um, took it upon myself to kind of like use public art to transform the community that I was living in, because I like, so start with my own backyard and then try to like take over the world. Um, so I put together this kind of like initiative to to bring more public art to the hood. And also the art club was born with me, my homie Prentice, um, Dom, Kaylin, kind of like a carryover from, uh, if you're familiar with me and my work, uh, you remember, probably remember study group. So that was kind of like the baby that birthed also the art club. Yes. Um, so yeah. And study definitely um really we were ahead of our time. We talk about this all the time, but like we were truly ahead of our time with the whole idea of like a collective of creatives. Um and that's a really big thing right now, which is awesome to see um people like creating these groups with their friends to just do awesome work and impact the community. And silly is really 
excuse me, all about community work. Like none of the work that he does misses the community at all. Um, if you are in the Richmond area and you ride down Hall Street, you'll see plenty of murals that he's done. Like Southside is like his stomping grounds as far as the artwork that he does. Um, he has really made waves in the city as far as showing people what it looks like when you put the community first and do and create things that the community can engage with. So a lot of the art that Silly has done, and I have some pieces in my house and like both of our friends all have some of Silly's artwork somewhere. Um, a lot of the work that he does really uh, puts people of color, specifically a lot of um, women of color and films of color at the forefront, um, which is really awesome because we all know that art can be very subjective and also very like misogynistic <laughs> and silly does a very good job of making sure that his artwork is as inclusive as possible um he don't be on that bullshit okay um so the quote that we have today um although it's not gender neutral um i felt like the quote was appropriate because like i was telling y'all silly literally moves at his own pace, he does his own thing. Um, and the quote is, she believed she could, but she needed a break, so she said no. Um, I've known Silly for maybe 10 years now, I would say, and I feel like there's never been a time where I've seen Silly do something like creative, create creatively-wise that he didn't really want to do or was being forced to do. Like, you can't force him. He's very stubborn, by the way. We're not going to get to his Zodiac, but he's very stubborn, so you already know what his Zodiac is. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, but you can't, like, make Silly do anything, and I feel like um, that's something that, like, I've definitely learned from being around Silly and just having him, to, like, build up that confidence in me to say no, um, especially because, like, Silly is, Silly's that type of, like, big brother that, like, he's going to stab first, ask questions later. So, like, if somebody's bothering you or causing you strife, like, he's ready to pull up on them. And then he'll talk to you after and ask, like, what actually happened, what was going on. But, like, he be dropping gems without even knowing he dropping gems because he just be talking. And he has, like, a wealth of knowledge because he's, like, been on the earth longer than I have, obviously. But he's been around a lot of different types of people um so that why so that means that he knows a lot of stuff but i think that if anybody knows him or has been around him we can all attest to the fact that like we don't have to worry about silly just telling us yes to be telling us yes like he's not gonna be a yes man if he don't feel like doing it he's gonna say no he has no problem letting me know like you know what i was gonna come over today but you know what i kind of just want to chill at home like he has no problem saying that um and i think like a lot of people suffer from like this desperation of trying to get like some type of like notoriety. So they're like doing all of these things that are like exhausting them and putting them in situations where they're unhealthy, mentally, emotionally, physically, because they don't know how to say no. So that's the quote, I found it on the gram. Um, so we're gonna dive into these questions. So just like I told Tatiana last time, I'm gonna ask the question, you're gonna answer it and then I'll answer it about you. Um, there's three questions. Um, I just pulled the questions right when he was on here. So just so y'all know, these are not like premeditated questions that I've been sitting on. So the, the first question is, what do you love most about our friendship? Oh, that's good. Um, you know what? Uh, I really enjoy 
that you let me be myself even when it isn't like the best version of myself mm-hmm. like um i know i i have gained honestly gained a reputation of being like not the bad guy but like i i can see the bad in the situation before i noticed like the good in it and mm-hmm. um so I've kind of granted reputation as like being a black cloud sometimes. Um, and you don't ever stop me from, you might like tell me like, yo, you're doing too much, but there's never like a, a thing where you're like, yo, I, I can't talk to you anymore because you're too, you're too this or you're too that. Like I'm, I'm free to be like, yo, this shit sucks. And you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't try to like yeah. uh, overpower me with like positivity. It's like, okay, okay, this shit sucks. And you know, we'll we'll get through it. We'll uh, we'll you know experience that emotion. It'll pass, and then we'll get back to us. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think that's very important that you brought that up because a lot of times in friendships, people don't know how to allow people to feel because they don't want their friend to feel bad right so like if your friend is sad you're like i gotta make them feel better um but in order to be a good friend you have to allow your friend to one be an adult and to feel their full range of emotions um me and tatiana we talked about boundaries and one of the things that i had to learn in my friendships was that like i have to be able to understand boundaries like yeah if you are feeling like, you know what, today's shitty, like, this is a shitty situation, me forcing positivity on you when you're not in a space to even receive that, it's going to be ineffective for you and me, and it's going to be annoying, right, like, no one wants to be forced to look at rainbows and sunshines when there's literally a hurricane outside, like, that doesn't make any sense, and we talk about toxic positivity all the time, but this idea that, like, there, you can't feel any negative emotions or feel negatively because then, you know, you're not promoting love and light and happy and positivity, but like, that's not the real world. Like bad things happen all the time. And if you don't have someone who sees things differently than you, then you're going to always see the world the same way. So I think that like, it's dope that you like that about our friendship because Sometimes I'm like, damn, sometimes I feel like I'd be too hard on Silly when he'd be feeling down. But I'd just be like, nigga, you'll get over it. Because like, and then at the end, like, shit be terrible. And it's nothing that you or I can do about it. So it's not, it's no need for me like to just force you to pretend that you're happy when you're not. Like, I don't want you to have to pretend to be somebody that you're not just because I'm happy in that moment. Like, my happiness has nothing to do with your happiness. Like, that's just not how that works. So for my response to the question, what do I love most about our friendship? I think what I love most about our friendship is that like you are extremely selfless in our friendship in the way that like, I'm usually finding myself as the giver in my relationships. So it's very rare that I meet people who become a giver as well. And our relationship is never just, it's never just a, a give, 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 like a one-sided thing. So like, if I, like, I know for like, with a shadow of a doubt, if something was to happen to Ernest and I really needed your help, you would be like, I'm on the way. Like, it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have to be like, well, I don't have no one to call. So like, being your friend and our friendship has taught me that like, no matter what, I always have somebody in my corner, no matter how crazy my idea may be, no matter, you know, 
how ridiculous it is, how, how late it is. If I need you, you're going to be there. Um, and also another thing that I really love about our friendship is that you allow me to like change. Sometimes in friendships, I feel like people don't allow their friends to change and become new versions of themselves. And I feel like with all the evolving that I've done since, the, since you first met me, Although like my core personality is the same, a lot of my interests have changed over time. I'm I'm much more like intentional with like the way that I talk to people and the things that I say, but you never like hold that against me. You never be like, well, two years ago, you would have been okay with X, Y, and Z. Why are you not okay with it now? And I'm like, because I've changed. Um, and I think another thing that I love about our friendship is that just the way that you like welcomed Ernest into your life, like that meant a lot to me because like, out of most of my guy friends, they all love Ernest. Everybody love Ernest. But, like, you and Ernest have become very close. And, like, me and Ernest always talk about, like, you are, for him, you're the older brother he doesn't have because he's the oldest. And for me, you're the older brother. Although I do have an older brother, we're not very close. But you're the older brother that I always wanted, one that would push me to be artsy, one that would push me to be weird and not be afraid to be weird. So, like, you really, like, allow me to be myself just like you said I allow you to be yourself like you don't ever make me feel like I have to like put on airs and be around you like I ask you some of the wildest shit like just because I can and I know you're gonna answer the question or you're gonna be like get on my face um so we're gonna go to the next question next question is a tough question um and I don't know how I'm gonna answer this because I don't what's a mistake you've made that changed your life oh man shit um damn it i don't know that i would call them mistakes um like you were going like your introduction earlier when you were saying like i've always been a person who didn't live by societal standards uh-huh. so there were plenty of moments in my life where like the right choice would have been for me to to go to school or take that job or you know stay in that relationship or whatever it was um but at the time it just didn't align with who i wanted to be or what i wanted to do with my life um and uh i've we've made this joke before where like uh like i told you if i if i had taken that job or if i had a uh you know gotten married or whatever the silly that you know today wouldn't exist. Like I would have been like the straight laced, you know, nine to five, uh, you know, wife and kids and the white picket fence or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I will call them mistakes, but I can definitely pinpoint like different little uh, forks in the road in my life where if I had a, had a gone the other way, I would be leading a completely different life than I am right now. Like study wouldn't exist. Also, the art club wouldn't exist. I would, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know where I would be. But I just not. I wouldn't be where I am right now. That's real. And do you feel like before I answer the question, do you feel like the choices? Are you like happy with the choices that you made? Like to um, where you are now. Like, do you like? Do you wonder sometimes? Like, damn, I I kind of wonder what my life would have been like. Like, kind of like longing for that. Nah, I mean, I I can admit that maybe my life will have more stability. You know, living a creative life, this stuff, this is, you know, just look at the world today, like the current mm-hmm. pandemic and how like so many creatives' lives just went up in smoke in, in a matter of a week. 
Um, so yeah, I might have a, a more stable life, but I don't like regret the choices that I've made. Like my current, my whole entire circle of friends that I have right now, my life as I know it as a whole would probably not exist had I like, you know, taken that, uh, I was a CEO for a week. You know what I mean? Like, if I hadn't stuck with that job, who knows where I would be? I might just be somewhere, you know, guarding some prisoners in the middle of a pandemic right now. Who knows? Um, so now I don't, I don't miss it, any of those choices at all. Like, I'm, I'm happy that I have made the choices that I made because I'm closer to, I'm this much closer to, to like actualizing the life that I've always wanted. Super deep. I ain't there yet. Um, I still got some years on me before I start feeling that way because I got plenty. Well, I don't know if I would call them mistakes, but just things that I'm just like, I feel like I wouldn't say mistakes, but there are some warnings I feel like I should have heeded to that could have possibly made certain things easier on me. Um, I really think that I'm, I'm a firm believer that like everything happens for a reason, even if you don't know what the reason is like, like some shit just gonna happen like there's really nothing you could do about that but I do think that there are a lot of like financial things that I wish I would have like been smarter about but I also realized that I am and was very young so like I didn't have any examples of like positive financial role models so like it is literally me just trying to figure it out as I go and I feel like a lot of my like habits with money stem from those misunderstandings of how like money works and we talk about capitalism all the time because capitalism is rooted in racism but you know i ain't even gonna get to go there with y'all today on the podcast because that's not what this is about but like i really have i really do struggle a lot with like a lot of financial choices that i made in the past and although like i'm in a place now where like I know I'm not going to be homeless. I know I have food. I know my lights are going to be on. Like, I know all of these things. I still sometimes wonder if I would have saved that money or if I would not have purchased that thing or, you know, given so-and-so money that they still owe me years later, like, would would I be in a different financial place? Um, So that's kind of, like, one thing that kind of changed my life was that, like, finances really dictated a lot of the things that I was I would have wanted to do or was too afraid to do and I also feel like I sabotaged myself a lot financially because I didn't think I deserved to experience certain things because of just my upbringing and the way I was conditioned so I kind of feel like if I had a better relationship with self-worth then maybe like i would have used my money to do other things like i would have taken that full ride in chicago to study poetry for college instead of going to odu which was fine because i got my degree my life is great now but there are a lot of things that i didn't do out of fear like if i go to chicago for school my family might cut me off or i would be out there by myself how would i take care of myself so like just things like that where it's just like i wonder if i would have you know taking more risk and like been more like not frivolous with my money but just more like intentional what I spent my money on because I spent my money on a lot of bullshit stuff that I can't even like I have nothing to show for it now like food other people food shoes that I can't I wouldn't even wear like coach sneakers like why why was I buying those things I would never wear that stuff now but it was just because I had it 
and no one had ever told me that maybe you should save your money, save your refund checks from school because you may need that in the future when your car about to get repossessed or like stuff like that. Like I didn't know. Um, cause I had never experienced that amount of money before. So that's one of the things that I say is not necessarily a mistake more so, but just some misunderstandings that I had around money. Cause money's like, especially in our community, money is just like, like that would say it's like the root of all evil, but it really is the root of all evil. Like money really be making people wild out. Yeah. Uh, and it has so much power and it can be so divisive sometimes that like it's just really really scary and I know you were talking about like the instability of being a creative um, like I know like it has to be kind of maybe not for you but like jarring for maybe other creatives not knowing like if they're going to ever be able to create the way they used to before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I think about it every day. Like what, what does the world look like for us after this, especially the people who make art and uh, who create in the capacity of like uh, the, the need the public to power it. Like, you know, you may, if you do, you make music and you need live shows. Like how do you, how, what, is, what does the world look like for you afterwards? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, like doing art shows, like I can't, I can't pack out an art show anymore. Like, so what does, what does the world look like for me when this is all done? Yeah, I think about it every day. Yeah, and then like, I know you do like murals and stuff like that, but like businesses are gonna possibly suffer immensely. So they're not gonna be able to afford to have murals and stuff done because they're just probably trying to keep the lights on at this point. Yeah which is like terrifying when you think about it because it's like, it's out of our control, but because it's something that's so new, like we've never experienced this in our lifetime. Like I know there's been recessions and stuff like that, but like this is a little bit different than a recession. Yeah, this is this is some world, world shaping shit happening right now. Like we haven't, we've never seen this in our lifetime, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do think we're going to, I mean, I don't know how soon it will happen, but I'm, I'm looking at this the same way I looked at like, um, like YouTube happening or like the music making the shift from uh, physical sales to digital sales, like the power is in the hands of the, the creatives in the community itself. Like, you know, the, the, the powers that be aren't throwing money at things that they don't feel like they can make money on now. So now the lane is wide open for you to, for us and to shape the world in, in our, uh, our vision. Yeah, no, that's real. And I think another thing that this is doing is that although like creators are suffering immensely in a way, I feel like it's also like fueling us to think of more innovative ways to impact our communities and to be creative because like, I'm not even going to front. I have seen so many people come out with such innovative ideas to, to just build community. Like it's crazy. The things that people are providing as a service or on lives or like just digital content it's just really 
amazing to see it. And I think that it's important that we kind of keep in mind that like, yes, this is a very like horrible time for a lot of people, but like a lot of people are using this as a time to just throw out their crazy ideas and see if it sticks. And it's really good for people who are introverts and people who don't like to be around people who are creatives as well, because they now they can actually interact with the community while actually having to be in the community. Yeah, you don't have to extend yourself. No. You don't have to be on. Yeah. Yeah, which is something I'm sure that you have to do frequently. Yeah, I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> which is so crazy because, like, I don't know if other people would know that you are, like, really, truly an introvert, like a true introvert to your core. Because when you're around people, you're very, like, not mixy, but, like, you'll commu- like, you talk to people and you'll, you know, kiki with the folks. But, like, I don't think people really understand the level of introvertness that you have within yourself. Yeah. Like, I'd be, I'd be Batman if I could. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I would live in my cave and I would, like, give me, give me some Wi-Fi and DoorDash and I'll go live in the mountains. I don't care. Yeah, I don't think people even know. Um, okay, so the next question is, what do you think is my best quality that I'm not aware of? Hmm. I think you're aware of it, but you you sometimes treat it as like a... Um, you you refer you refer to yourself as a helicopter friend a lot. Yeah. Um, and you like ah, like you know however blah 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 blah. But you have very good like uh, like managerial skills in a way of like okay I need you know you do this you do this you know I'll handle this and boom 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 and we'll put all the pieces together and you know. We we both are like are kind of similar in that way, mm-hmm. um, of like connecting the dots on different things, but you just uh, you just you view it in a different way than I do. But you're also an extrovert. Um, Unfortunately, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you 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 sometimes you like I've I've seen you or heard you like refer to it as like oh I gotta stop being such a helicopter friend, um, blah blah blah. But that is that's a talent. It's like a skill that you have that you. I don't see you like you don't use it very often but it's I don't there. I hate it that's one thing I do not like about myself I don't like like I like being the boss but I don't like feeling like I'm being bossy so a lot of times I just won't do either because I feel like I feel like I have a very strong personality and I feel like that's like a turn off for a lot of people and that they may mistake my trying to push them into the direction that I think is best for them because like I see their potential as me trying to tell them how to live their life or what they should be doing because I be knowing like I do be knowing like I do like I I see in people I see a lot of people that they don't see in themselves like I see people like people always um will say to me like oh like I'll they'll ask me like can you describe me it's some words. I'm trying to write a bio by myself, whatever. And I'll describe it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like you see me. Like, I see y'all. Like, people that I admire, people that I love, people that I care about, even strangers who I just happen to be around a lot, I really pay attention to y'all because I'm like, oh wow, this person has a lot to offer. And I like to, like, Jasmine will call me a pusher. 
Like I like to push people into the direction. Like maybe you should do X, Y, and Z. But like you said, like I don't really use that skill a lot because like the helicopter friend thing like plays in my head or like being bossy or pushy or not minding my business. But like the reality is like I don't want to mind my business because I want to help. So it's just really frustrating. Um, but I think that's something that I got to deal with with myself because I'm too concerned about like pushing people away by trying to push them into the right direction. Or like if I like assign, like, you know, assign people things or like giving them feedback or like editing things. Like, you know, I struggle with like, this needs to be edited this way, but it take, it's hard for me to say that, like, I'm like, can you tell so-and-so that they should do X, Y, and Z? Because I just feel like people automatically assume because I am an extrovert and because I have a strong personality and I'm a direct communicator that I'm doing it out of like malice or I'm being malicious or have like malicious intent. When in reality, I'm just like, no, like you could be better. Like this could be done better. And I know that you're capable of doing X, Y, and Z. That's why I make such a good teacher. That's why I like being a teacher because I can do, I can put on my manager head in the classroom because y'all got to listen to me. I'm the expert <laughs> in this bitch. Like, you know what I mean? But like, when it comes to my friends or like organizations or people that I work with, it's like, it can be a hit or miss. Like the people who like appreciate it are usually people that become my good friends. The people who don't fuck with it are usually people that become my enemies. I mean, I'm their enemy. They're not my enemy because I don't care. But yeah, you're right. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. Silly. It's like the, it's like the, you know. Yeah, I guess it works more in a classroom because you kind of have like a captive audience and you're like the de facto leader in the mm-hmm. situation. Um, I mean, you also have to deal with like the double standard of being a well, the is it the, the, the double double standard of being a black woman. So like, you know, I could come in a room and say some say some shit, and he's like, oh, he's taking charge. But if you come in, say the exact same thing, it's like, yo, why she so bossy? Like, she's being a bitch or whatever. Exactly. And it's like, nah, she said the exact same shit. It's just, you know, it's just your people's perception of it. So. Yeah. And it's frustrating sometimes because it it's something that I'm constantly working on, like, not being this way. But it makes me be quiet in rooms when I shouldn't be. Like, it makes me not want to say certain things because I don't want to offend people or upset people because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to, like I told you, like, how they live their life or that I'm being bossy. When in reality, I really shouldn't care because I should be able to speak up just like anybody else. But I just feel like more times than not, it has backfired. And it's not because of what I did was wrong. It's just because people just didn't like the fact that I was doing it. So like, I would never want to run my own business. I told you all the time, like, I would never want to run my own business. I would never want to be like a manager or a supervisor because I just feel like, like I just said, there are going to be some people who are going to be like, you know what? She sees the vision. Like she sees something in me that I don't see in myself. She's pushing me to be my best self. And there's going to be some people who be like, she always trying to tell me what to do. She thinks she know everything. And it's like, no, I don't think I know anything. I'm just trying to let you know that like you're capable of X, Y, and Z, like stop doubting yourself or you would be really good at doing this. You should do this or giving you an assignment that I know you would be stellar at, but because you don't want nobody telling you what to do, you fucking giving me pushback. It's annoying. It's frustrating. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm happy you see that me and you think that's my best quality because let me tell you, I feel like it's my worst. Like, I, it costs, like, it, if, the, if people knew how often I'd be confiding in earnest about, like, I just don't understand why 
people think this about me or like it really hurts my feelings like it really be hurting 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 my feelings because I literally mean well so I don't understand what the problem is and I know I'm a very good communicator so it's not like I'm saying things that don't make sense it's just that because it's coming from me it's a problem and that is annoying and frustrating so now I don't want to be nobody manager y'all just go ahead and do y'all mediocre stuff <laughs> and I'm gonna just allow y'all to be mediocre if that's what y'all want to be that's fine and I will stop trying to see the best in y'all but no so <laughs> let me see what do I think is your best quality that you're not aware of um I think that I don't know if you realize this, but like, I think that you don't realize that you're extremely lovable. Like, I feel like you feel like you're hard to love, but you're actually not. Um, you like provide like a comfort in like our friendship and then like the friendship of others. Cause we, I mean, me and all the squad always talk about you. So obviously like you provide like a comfort in our friendship that like no one else can replace. So if something was to happen to you or if you were to decide to like, you didn't want to be our friend no more, which would never happen because you know better. Um, if you were to like move out of state somewhere or me and Amber talk about this all the time, like if you were to like settle down with somebody, it would be very hard for us to um, adjust because you're accessible to us and you're extremely lovable. So like we're used to having you at a specific capacity and you never get tired of loving on us. And that's, and I think that's something that a lot of us, especially as children who were very different in our families, we don't get a lot of that. And we don't have a lot of people who are older than us, who are weirdos just like us and are doing okay. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. Lupe Fiasco is now sensei. Like, we don't know what's going on there. Like he really just, <laughs> you know, he just, you know, some of us are the children of Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi had to be admitted for a little bit. He won't do it too well. So, like, we don't really have a lot of examples of people who like the same things that we like and dress how they want to dress and, you know, wear SBs and listen to the same type of music we listen to and, you know, has the same humor as us, but also loves us in a way that doesn't make us, make us feel like we can't be ourselves. And also, like, is affectionate like you love to give us hugs and stuff like that and I feel like a lot of friendships don't do that and like other people might not know that you're lovable because like I mean you do walk around with knives and stuff so I mean I probably wouldn't hug you if I didn't know you <laughs> but like you are extremely lovable and it's like I don't think you realize how lovable you are or that like you are actually very easy to love like it's not hard to love you like you don't like I don't have to like think like oh guess I should hang out with silly all of a sudden like I'll FaceTime you anytime I want to all day long ask you what you're doing hang out with you all the time because I want to be around you like I genuinely enjoy your company so that's one thing I think you know that you're not aware of now you might be I don't know you might be at home in the mirror like I'm a lovable bitch I, I don't know what you do in the mirror that's none of my business but like yeah you're extremely lovable and very easy to love um I don't feel like that. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, y'all, you've you've told me that before, and I, my response is always the same. Like I don't see it, uh, and and it's probably my fault because I, it, 
be hung up on the people that don't fuck with mm-hmm. me or just like the instances where like you know you you ever just been in a situation where like somebody dislikes you and you can't mm-hmm. pinpoint the reason why yes it drives like, why you do you do nothing to that person like exactly uh but i've bumped into that more times than i have than i care to you know what i mean mm-hmm. i guess it's been a just a a handful of situations maybe it be, be because of the people that they were or like my, my affinity for them be it like relationship stuff or just like you know you form these friendships with people and then mm-hmm. over the course of time the friendships change you still feel like they're friends with you're friends with them but they don't you know you yeah. drifted apart somehow so um so i've taken those kind of blows so maybe I, you know i don't sometimes i don't really I don't see it. Like I don't. I'm internalizing whatever that was. Like okay, you know. Yeah, it's really hard to believe that you're easy to love when it's easier to remember the moments when you felt like you weren't easy to love. Like I get it. Like I struggle. I struggle a lot with trying not to try to figure out why somebody doesn't like me or doesn't love me because oh if these people are saying they love me then what what's this person like what what did I do and then you find yourself like trying to figure out like it's something that you did and usually it's not something that you did but it's just I know like I'm aware that not everyone's going to like us like I get that obviously but it still don't feel good especially like you said where it may have been a friend or a relationship where like you thought y'all was cool, but then come to find out y'all was not cool. You like, so was are my other friendships like this too? So then you kind of like wondering like, is everyone being like genuine or disingenuous? So no, I definitely feel that like, it's like really believing that you're easy to love. It's just, it's just difficult. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Even when they are surrounded by people who love them, all it takes is like, one or two instances for you not to feel like you're easy to love and that's what sticks out the most yeah i mean you know me you've known like yeah. saying, we've been friends for like a decade so you you were there for like one of like the biggest bombs of like my life to like yeah. really shake up how i perceive my relationships with people like uh you know i'm i'm i don't know i mean i'm working through it but like it was there was one of those instances where I just got like blindsided by yeah. a situation I thought we were good, and then all of a sudden it's just like it wasn't good, yeah. yeah. And that sucks because like it's always unexpected, and then you have to kind of like work through it. But it can like be like a shock to like your ego and to a shock to your system because it's like okay, so now I have to kind of like look at all my other relationships like. Yeah. who who lie who real who fake um and that's just the sucky part about like relationships and friendships in general is that like you never really know how things are going to pan out in the long run like you can't predict the future of a relationship like you could just hope that things will stay copacetic and hope that there'll be a level of respect and communication where like things will not change drastically but we really don't have a say so in that like things just unfold the way they do. Um, and that's like, you know, the sucky part of life. Um, but I think that um, this conversation was extremely important because I feel like a lot of times 
people don't believe that you can have healthy relationships with the opposite sex because people are weirdos. Um, But I feel like me and you prove time and time again to people that like you can build substantial long-term relationships with the opposite sex and you can both pour into each other in different ways to assist each other with being better versions of themselves. Like, I think, yeah, like, you know, we always joke about being like Robin Big, but I really do think that like we're a very good partnership. And I feel like us being a partnership it makes life easier for me because I know that I have somebody in my corner and I know that I can FaceTime you at one o'clock in the morning and rant to you about something extremely stupid. And you're not going to be like, I don't feel like talk about this bullshit or why you, why are you still thinking about what someone said about you 15 years ago? Or that's a terrible thought process to have. Like, I don't have to worry about you doing that. Now you might tell me like, wait a minute now, hold on. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> let's let's you like let's talk about this. Like, wait a minute, wait, what are you really saying? But I don't I've never felt like I couldn't call you about something. I think that's just really important to have like in a friendship. Yeah, I mean, um I am, you know, Peter Pan, like a perpetual child. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> y'all, uh you and just like the entire friendship circle that I've like gained since uh you know meeting you and amber and jazz and uh you know a cat cat daddy and <laughs> Ernest and just you know what i mean just like the entire just squad um i am free to be myself i don't ha- i don't i mean i have friends my age but um it's a very particular like group or type of person that i'm friends with like I don't we kind of exist outside of what society says we should be at our ages or whatever mm-hmm. um but I never have to worry about that with y'all like I, there's never a moment where y'all look at me like at your big age you need to be doing like whatever <laughs> I'm free to just like you know if I want to just talk about comic books I can call E and talk about anime and or, or we'll just like talk about you know some whatever goofy reality show we watching at the moment or, you know, I am free to be exactly who I am uh, without judgment. So, yeah. And that's a good thing. So we're about to give some flowers out. It's flower time, flower time. Um, I'm going to let you go first. So if the person has a social media, um, you can say their at name for their Instagram, uh, but we'll be shouting them out on our page so um shameless plug if you have not followed us on instagram yet follow at give them their flowers everything is spelled out um and we are now on itunes so you can follow the stores on itunes you know i had to go back and forth with anchor we had a little a little situation um but we're on itunes now um so please make sure you um hit that up oh and i have a question that someone sent me uh so I'm going to let you go ahead and give your flowers to someone while I pull up this question. Um, I want to give flowers to uh, Deron Chavis. Um, and every, you know, pretty much everybody who like fits into this, this category or whatever, but he's a local, um, I don't know what, what the word I want to title, I want to give him. He does a lot of like community-based work, uh, community organizing, 
and his current um well he's been doing it for a while but his current uh resi resiliency garden uh program um helping people get into urban gardening through like raised garden beds in their backyards or whatever um i think that uh once we kind of like move this past is like pandemic and this crisis or whatever that uh commute the the community and like co-living and all of that kind of like you know leaning on your neighbors for support and all that is gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna make a comeback and just like the the village you know what i'm saying it's gonna make a comeback and i really dig what he's doing right now with like helping people get into urban gardening and kind of providing for themselves in a way so they don't have to continue like putting so much into you know the system you know like yeah. uh you know you live in the like living on the south side of richmond uh it's a food desert and you know there's like maybe one grocery store within a 10 mile radius so if you don't have access to a vehicle you're kind of like out back uh and just not having to depend on like whatever some rich billionaire deciding to put a grocery store in your neighborhood or whatever the case may be um i really dig what he's doing with that and everybody everybody who's out there who who's like you know giving i going on ig and giving gardening tips or home home remedies and holistic living and just like the whole push for people to kind of get like back to the earth quote unquote mm -hmm. um i really appreciate all of that um yeah that's where that's where i want to get my flowers too so deron chavis uh brother manifest on twitter deron d-u-r-o-n-c-h-a-v-i-s on instagram um beautiful rva um that whole collective big ups to them Shout out to him. We will definitely make sure we shout him out on the page. Um, and when I'm saying we, y'all, I'm talking about me and Tatiana, because y'all know Tatiana is a social media manager so um, and the creative director. So she does all of the stuff that you're seeing on the page. It's her doing. Um, so the person that I'm going to choose, um, since we are on talking about food, um, I'm going to shout out our friend George, who is a chef. Um, the reason why I want to give George his flowers is because like what I've come to learn about George just from being around him and being around his family and friends is that he has a very non-traditional life that he flipped and made it to something that he loves. And I think that's like a really awesome thing because everybody has something that they're good at, but not everyone knows how to use that to catapult them into a career um in a career that may not be extremely recognized by all these people or you know um having like all these things but they still work as hard as someone who would be doing that so like i i enjoy george's content because it reminds me a lot that it don't matter if it's just one person who is you know paying you mind you treat that one person like they're the president like they're Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. And I feel like with everything, every meal that he makes, you can tell that there is passion behind it, no matter who it's for. 
or who he's cooking for. Like, I've never seen anything that he's made or tasted anything that he's made that tasted half-ass or rushed through. The presentation is always on 100. Like, it's always on 100, no matter how many people. He could be servicing him and the people that live in the house, or he could be doing it in an event, but it's going to be the same quality every single time. Um, and also, another thing about George that I like is that if you ask George for, for a recipe or about something like, I don't know if I should get this type of meat, like this cut of meat to make this, or have you ever made X, Y, and Z? He'll tell you. He doesn't think that he's too good to help you out if you're trying to figure out how to cook something. And he makes cooking look fun. He doesn't make it look like it's something that we can't figure out. Um, and I also, this is the last thing, and I also like that, like, I remember, I think it was last year sometime, he wanted to make trial different types of fried rices so he asked instagram he said how do y'all make y'all fried rice and you never chefs a lot of chefs do not ask us common folk how we make <laughs> our food in our house they don't and i thought that was really dope because it showed that he really wants to interact and engage with the community and that like he understands that there's so many different ways to cook things so that's what i'm giving my flowers to yeah it's George. That's, that's my guy man that's my guy. Like, like you said, awesome. like, like you said, him like turning, taking a life. I mean, I'm not gonna put all this business out there, but just say, yeah. let's just say that George has lived a life. Um, but for him to turn around and like to go like the a complete 180, or like like like, like uneducated, like the people say, like he made a complete 360. So he turned. <laughs> <perfect. Wow>. um, <laughs> but yeah, he went. <laughs> he went the complete opposite direction, and he's like you know, French, French cuisine, but like tattoos on his knuckles. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know what I mean? But yo, like you say, he loves his food. He loves his food the way I love my art. Mm-hmm. And you can tell in the way he like, like you say, it's like every meals, every dish, be it every, even if it's just like an appetizer, it's like, okay, this dude really loves what he's doing. And you can, you can see it. And another thing about George, um, and clearly this is clearly become the George Hour, is that George is the type of person where if he doesn't know about something or like he may not be extremely well versed on it and you are, he'll actually like just listen to you explain it. Like he's not gonna be like, no, nah, I know what I'm talking about. Like George would be like, you know what? I should pay you to be my lawyer. And I'm like, I couldn't be no lawyer. He was like, you could. Like he's the type of person that like he he encourages people without actually being like i'm encouraging you like he just will allow you to talk about what you know and actually show interest in what you know and i think that's really important especially for people who have come from different walks of life is to really make the people around them feel as if they can just be themselves like you don't have to act a certain way like you said he got tattoos on his knuckles and he makes french cuisine like george walking down the street people would not know that he knows so much about French cuisine that he does. Like, people wouldn't know that. People who see you walking on the street, they wouldn't know that you know a lot about, like, color theory and things like that. They'd be like, what? He don't know nothing about... But just talking to you all, like, they live in a very creative household. So originally, I was going to give my flowers to Nate, but I wanted to save that for another episode. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I was like, everyone in that house is going to get some flowers from your girl, but I'm going to do one by one. But I said, since we're talking about food, I'm going to start with George. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask this question that someone sent me. So I had posted on Instagram 
Um, it was like transparency moment. I have learned during this time that my capacity is much smaller than before. Multitasking is not effective anymore, and I can really only do one or two major things, major brain things a day. So one of my followers messaged me and was like, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago about multitasking. Their belief was that it isn't an effective way to get anything done because we don't focus enough time and attention on things enough to complete them to the best of our ability. Why has your multitasking become ineffective, if you don't mind me asking? So I've always like big myself up on like being a multitasker. I can do so many things at once, which is true, I can. But what I realized, especially during the pandemic and being like in the house and when I was sick because I couldn't go nowhere is that like I do things better when I do them one at a time. So like when I focus on things, um, they tend, I tend to be more satisfied with the result and I feel more whole with what I'm doing. It's not to say that I still don't multitask sometimes, but like I know there was a point in my life where I really truly believed that I had to be doing three, four, five things at one time. And now like being in a situation and ex experiencing this radical rest, as I like to call it, I realized that like, I literally can only do one to two brain things a day. Cause after a while I'd be tired. And I was thinking to myself, like, how was I able to function before the pandemic? Like what, I must've been running on fumes because now it's just like, I will work for like an hour or two straight like doing like some writing stuff for work. And then I'm like, I got to take a break. But before I would push myself and push myself and push myself. And I know I couldn't have been functioning on all of my cylinders because there's no possible way that I was able to multitask like that. So um, to answer her question, for me, I realized it became ineffective when I found myself losing interest in the things that I loved doing like I found myself rushing through things that I normally wouldn't want to rush through or I found my ideas not being well thought out um I also like found myself like becoming irritated with things that like I know I'm passionate about because I was just trying to do so much shit and that kind of goes with the quote earlier is just like learning how to say no like you can't do everything like you just can't um and I don't know if you're an extreme multitasker well, if you're someone I'm, who tries to focus. I am not good at, I've never been good at multitasking. Like I'm not even a person that can finish things in one kind of pass. Like, uh, you know, I have a painting sitting right beside me that's been unfinished for at least two years. And, <laughs> <laughs> and cause I, I'm like, I'm like, I am a person who puts all of my focus into the one thing that I am currently working on. So even if it's just like, you know, I'm in the middle of one painting and another idea strikes me and I'm, I shift my focus. Um, I'll just, I'll get back to it. Like I can't, uh, especially when you're like, I guess as creatives, I keep referring back to that, but like whatever it is that you're working on deserves your full attention. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be whatever it is. Like, you know, um, if I want to like, it's like, eating a meal and watching TV. Like maybe I just don't, I will watch the show later. I want to sit down and just like fully enjoy this meal yeah. or I want to watch this movie. I want to watch this movie and be un un uninterrupted by, you know, my cell phone or 
you know, trying to read this article and watch the show at the same time or whatever. Um, I've never been a person to like even care about multitasking. Like I, I do the one thing very good versus being okay at the three things because mm-hmm. I was trying to focus on three things at one time. Yeah. And I think that's the bandaid that was ripped off for me is realizing that like, I am to other people, I'm amazing. But to me, I know that I'm mediocre at a lot of things because I can do a lot of things, but I have not mastered a lot of those things because I'm always trying to do so much. And um, one thing, one practice that I've been putting into place since we've been um, quarantining, specifically like when we hit that second month is, excuse me, turning my phone off for long experience. Um, long periods of time because I realized that like my phone is a crutch my phone allows me to feel like I can multitask and and because I have more free time I want to be able to enjoy things like if I want to binge watch Bernie Mac yeah I've seen Bernie Mac show probably 300 times but I'm gonna turn my phone off when I watch it because maybe I'm gonna catch something that I missed because I was on my phone the last time I watched a series or when I am on FaceTime, I try not to play Candy Crush or, you know, be on my phone looking at Instagram because I'm not paying attention really to the person that's talking. So I think that's really important when you talk about, you know, living a lifestyle where like you focus on that thing that you need to focus on. Like focus is important. Yeah. And we suck at it. And I know I do because I always be like, Ernest, you don't know how to multitask. You only have to do one thing at a time. Like that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Like, you should do one thing at a time. But I think, like, you know, we've been pushed to feel like we have to do so many things at once. We have to be good at so many things. And if we don't do it right then and there, that it's never going to get done. But that's just not the reality of things. I mean, because how much, like, how much time are you really saving by multitasking? Like, honestly, like, if you decide, like, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to, like, clean up and do this thing at the same time. Yo, you, what did you shave, like, two minutes off your day? Like, yo, no, just take the 10 minutes it takes to do the one thing and then take another 10 minutes to do the other thing. Like, you didn't save yourself 10 minutes. It's still, you know, like you said, yeah. you, you're, you're missing, you're probably missing, like, details or just, like, little things that you would have normally noticed had you had given it your full attention. So just take exactly. the time. Like, it's 24 hours in a day. You know, 10 minutes is not going to make or break you to do the one thing by itself and give it, just give it your full attention. I agree. Um, so that was the answer to our question. Thank you for sending that in. I'm so excited. That was my first question. So yay. Um, so this is the end of the episode. Make sure you all check us out on all of the platforms. Um, give us a five-star rating on um Apple iTunes, if y'all remember back in the link-up days, we would say five-star ratings for five-star chicks. Um, that still applies, okay? Um, and as always, make sure you channel your Beyonce energy.